Cool. Well, full divulgence, I am on acid. <laughs> are you joking or are you serious? Because I, I am serious. Okay. How much? Uh, not like a tab. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no problem with me posting a... Uh, conversation where you've just admitted that oh i guess i should maybe we can edit that part out it's been so long since i had a good summer it's been too long it's been so long since i had a good summer my heart feels like shit Hello and welcome to Trigger Method Podcast, episode eight. I had a lot of big ideas of what this one might be. That opening fragment was from an attempt at a podcast I made with my friend Paul Schlesinger. I listened back to the episode and I found... You know, it's funny because Paul was the one on LSD, and yet I, and I was not on anything, and yet I was the one, it was my portion of the conversation that I found incredibly annoying listening back to. I was saying like and you know endlessly. It was just constant throughout the episode. That's not like me, you know? I mean, listening to me speak right now. I pause if I can't think of something to say. I'm okay with space. I'm not coming at this project with a hard fixed idea about how these things, these, these episodes should be but I do have some guiding lights. And one of them is I want you, if you're not going to listen, if you're going to turn it off, I want it to be because of our content, not because of how the content is expressed. That's very important to me. That music that we heard, that's by Paul Schlesinger. You can follow him at Paul Schlesinger on Instagram. Find more about his music there. Paul is a very talented musician and a great guy. We had an idea that we would do a podcast. It was my idea, and Paul was open to it. We were going to do a separate kind of segment or special episodes that would be called Thoughts and Feelings, where Paul would ask me about the thoughts and feelings that were coming up for me while doing this project. We would keep that kind of separate. And in those episodes, we thought we would also... um, read mail from the DMs. I've decided to abandon this idea because I want all the episodes to be about thoughts and feelings. I don't want this. This is not a history podcast about facts, and this is about thoughts and feelings. I don't want a dispassionate telling of times and places and whatnot. It's not... 
I also want to avoid using the, the, the phrase what not. I find I'm doing that too often. So the way we envisioned these segments, it would be Paul as the therapist, quote unquote, and me as the patient. It would go something like this. This is what we were thinking of. To Paul's mailbag thoughts and feelings starring Paul and with Jason. This is a little bit different of a segment, a micro segment in within the trigger podcast where I kind of reflect with Jason on stuff that's come up with this podcast and uh, talk about any feedback or reactions he's been getting from the podcast. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here. I appreciate you acting as therapist. I, I honor your feelings and whatever comes up today. I feel good. I feel like you've created space for me. Excellent. And I also appreciate you doing the mailbag. Thank you. It is an honor to be part of it. So that was, that was kind of the idea of what it was going to be like. We also decided to do mailbag at the beginning of one of these episodes. If we do an episode like this, we're going to have mailbag be first. Whereas on this take, we did it last. Just, just, to, just to have this be the first complete thoughts, feelings, and mailbag. Let's yeah. do a mailbag. Okay. okay. This is from Instagram uh, Instagram account, the.closing.irony. The Closing Irony. Mm-hmm. The Closing Irony wrote to me to say, Hey, Jason, I just wanted to write and say I really have been enjoying this account. Speaking of my Traeger Method Instagram account. A really fresh take on the era and nice to see someone speaking of it with some sweet sentiment and nostalgia rather than constantly harping on, quote unquote, how violent gigs were back then. Mm-hmm. And all the other typical old man garbage. Going to start delving into the podcast this week. That's from... The closing irony. And I thought this was funny on a couple reasons because yeah. A, I just got done saying that I don't consider this nostalgia. Who cares? It's not a big deal. But also, like, we devoted an entire episode <laughs> to talking just about how violent things were. And I remember I introed it being like, well, I want to talk about violence. <laughs> right. So that was how the, uh, the first mailbag went. We had just had that one direct message that we read. I thought I'd share that. I'd like to thank that uh, Instagram follower for writing in. I'd like to thank everybody who has written in to encourage me on this project. It means the world to me. Another uh, idea that I had for episode eight, in addition to this thoughts and feelings, abandoned, lost episode, I thought maybe this episode would be a conversation with Greg Lippman our friend from the old days, the fourth member of the Leading Edge crew, fourth chronologically to join us. You hear me? Recording. So you're okay. in Saigon, Vietnam. Yes, sir. How long have you lived there? Uh, eight years. We lived one year in Hanoi. In Hanoi. So 2011, we moved to Hanoi, and then the next year we moved down here. And you said that there's no COVID to speak of. Uh, basically, yeah. 
You're the only open open cases are people re- Vietnamese returning from abroad. I think right now, coming back from America, probably, or yeah, other other countries. But so it doesn't sound so bad at this point. But but as the conversation goes on, my voice is so much lower than Greg's in the mix that it's frustrating. I record this on Zoom, one track. You got to get the mix right from the start. I don't have two tracks to to mix with. So it is what it is. So rather than just play the unedited hour-long conversation, I might pick and choose a few spots and talk to Greg again. And get the uh, get the mix right next time. So, yeah. So I I had a pen pal in Philadelphia, punk pen pal, um, who was also pen pals with Pat. Mm-hmm. And who was, that? Who, was he, that? who who was that person? Do you remember? <sighs> Her name was Joanne, I think. And I I think she did a zine. She was a little older. But really cool. Uh, and yeah, I don't remember how I started writing to her. But yeah, I remember her turning me on to, you know, all the Philadelphia hardcore bands. F-O-D. Like Why Die. Why Die. R- Ruins. Ruins. Yeah. So and then one time I got one letter from her and she said, hey, I know these this guy in San Diego doing a zine you should connect with them. And I don't really remember how, which one I, she probably sent the same thing to Pat or, so I don't really remember if I sent a letter to Pat, he sent me a letter and we exchanged phone numbers, but yeah, at one point we, so we talked about stuff like that, like how we got to know each other, how we became acquainted. Greg had gone to a lot of the same shows we had been to. He started going to shows a little bit earlier than Martin and Pat, but, um, and certainly I didn't get there till 83. So before me, so, but we were at some shows together before we got acquainted. So we talked about that kind of thing. Talked a little bit. There's some parts that are kind of interesting about, uh, how he first got turned on to yeah, the, so I, just, the, I started the underground getting into, uh, I guess music like, you know, and, sixth seventh grade and i wrote down a few things my first seven inch i ever bought was ymca by the village people <laughs> nice that's a proud, proud to announce that uh yeah and then uh but i did the, the second one i think was my sharona by oh, the yeah, knack that's kind of lean and punk yeah so 79 so i was getting uh yeah i was kind of getting into new wave i guess around that time sixth seventh grade yeah and uh san diego had i mean there was a couple influences right san diego had kgb radio had a sunday night kind of punk new wave it's probably only one hour what right? was kgb's KGB, what was its major format like hard rock it was or? it was yeah it was kind of like the mainstream rock uh uh, I guess album oriented rock yeah. station, you know, 
the main one. Um, so but they yeah, had a punk new wave night. Sunday nights, and I don't remember how much I. I definitely like recorded it once with one of those old, you know, flat. Like, yeah, dictation. Yeah, because yeah just players. held up. Yeah, put up the big mic on the speaker, or whatever. And I had a tape which had like the professionals. Be a professional was on it, which I still I still prefer the professionals to the pistols. That was like Steve. All right, I'm not going to belabor this and and draw it out anymore not going to torture you guys with this this mix. We'll talk to Greg again at some point. I will say um he was just talking about KGW the the AOR album oriented rock station in San Diego that they had a new wave night, a punk night. Growing up in Seattle, KISW had a metal shop night that played Stuff like New Wave of British Heavy Metal, Tigers of Pantang, Motorhead, Tank. I heard those bands on there. And I got to say, I think that's what fueled my early fascination with thrash metal and stuff like that. I remember actually buying the Queensryche 12-inch. They were in the, the local band kind of section. Obviously not a thrash metal band or whatever, but they weren't a mainstream metal band. It's like a local band with a 12-inch. I remember buying that about all the Metal Blade compilations. Got turned on that stuff also through KISW Metal Shop. Sunday nights at midnight, I believe. So anyhow... Kind of move from there. I think I listened to Doctor Demento. Do you remember? Oh yeah, Doctor Demento show, right? Yeah. And he would play like, you know, Devo or you know, weird punk stuff as kind of novelty, but it was still, you know, you uh, had to get your fix still, anywhere you could back then. Yeah, or even like Zappa's Yellow Snow was considered a comedy record. So he really like snuck in a lot of, you know, rock and and underground stuff. Yeah. And then Saturday, I was a, uh, I watched Saturday night live from the beginning and they had, you know, Devo was on there, the specials. So yeah, seventh, eighth grade, it was all, yeah, basically new wave. Uh, I even went to some, there was kind of these dance parties, new wave, local new wave mod bands too of course right san diego i don't think you've touched much on how big mods were in san diego i have touched a little bit about the mod scene in san diego i feel almost like i shouldn't have said anything about it because i know so little about it I've, i was only in san diego for four years there were a bunch of mods and when i went to point loma high school for one year there were a bunch of mods around there I didn't understand it. I thought they were just a bunch of rich kids who were kind of posers who didn't have enough guts to be punk. You know, I mentioned something along those lines. Bobby Lane, the the San Diego punk veteran, with oodles more experience and understanding of the scene than I have, than I could ever hope to have. He straightened me out and said, no, it wasn't really like that. It wasn't just a bunch of rich kids. It was a parallel scene. It was kind of just a sub-genre of punk almost, you know? Like the way that, 
you know, skinheads, punks, mods, they all could sort of be in the same, you know, at a certain point in San Diego, they might've been at the same shows. By the time I started going to shows, 83, 84, I didn't ever see any mods at the shows. So I think that was kind of, you know, that a thing I've talked about, that idea of at a certain point, it's so small that all the weirdos kind of quote unquote have to be at the same place. All the undergrounds overlap, but as it becomes a little bigger, it gets more sorted out. And as it becomes more violent, maybe in San Diego's case, you're going to have less people mixing. Okay. So this is a very unusual, weird, scrappy episode. I'd like to apologize to Greg Lippman, Greg Lippman 84 on Instagram for botching the technical aspects of this, of the conversation we had. I feel like we had a good conversation. Um, as friends, I'd like to talk to him again soon. It's nice to just get that channel opened. You know, some something psychically, I feel like he's harder to get in touch with because he lives in Vietnam. But of course he's not. I can talk to him just as easily as I do anyone else. very nice. I would like to give a big shout out to Paul Schlesinger also for doing that uh, Thoughts and Feelings episode with me that again, I botched, not him. Yes, he was on LSD, but and I wasn't, but I'm the one who botched it. I'd also like to thank Paul for all this wonderful music I've used on this episode. Paul is a very talented musician. We've collaborated. We will be collaborating in the future on some music. He's very encouraging for me and my music. Um, I would also like to thank Kim Thompson. She posted a wonderful, this is another mailbag add-on. She posted a fantastic thing just today. I'll read it to you. She is Voilakimpt, V-O-I-L-A-K-I-M-T, Voilakimpt, on Instagram. She writes, this is today, she writes, I've been following along with Traeger Method's super fun podcast. I just finished the episode with Pete Kramiak. Hi, Pete. She's a friend of, of ours. And I've been hearing very vivid stories about the slow death San Diego punk scene of the 80s. DC wasn't nearly as violent as SD, though I did get an accidental cut on my chin that went through to the bone whilst in the pit at my first Descendants show. Hey, that's a good one. You got down to the bone. That's pretty punk. Showing your skeleton. That's very punk. So it's interesting to hear another experience of 80s punk and about punk legends who, since they were from the West Coast, and at that point I wasn't in a touring band, I never got to meet. Either Jason or Martin, Three Chord Politics, told a story about Mike Ness jumping into the pit during a set to fight a local bully and defend a harmless kid who was being picked on. Social Distortion was a gateway band for me, for the U.S. hardcore scene. 
So I've always felt a soft spot for this album, but now that I've heard this story, I love Mike Ness even more. I've been revisiting this album. She has a picture of her cat with Mommy's Little Monster. I've been revisiting this album with my daughter, who loves these stories, and my cat Dobby, who couldn't care less. Typical. And this album truly holds up over the course of time. I second that. Mommy's Little Monster is a West Coast rock and roll classic. Each song rotated at one point to become my favorite song on the album right now. I'm digging telling them. That's so true with that album. Every song is a single, which, you know, there's no better mark of a great album than that. Bad Religion's first album, that's one of those albums that's like that for me. Every song is a single. You can't go wrong with an opener like, I love the sound when I smash the glass. If I get caught, they're going to kick my ass. Classic. Plus, it had a gatefold cover. That wonderful photograph by Ed Culver, I believe. So this is a long way of saying, she goes on, she says, this is a long way of saying, number one, I listen to the podcast. Number one, listen to the podcast. She's telling you to listen, and you better take her advice. She's saying, listen to the podcast if you like 80s West Coast hardcore music. And listen to this album, number two. And number three, thanks for telling stories about Mike Ness, Milo, and Kevin Seconds that make me love these bands and personal heroes even more. She's thanking me and my fellow guests, or my guests. She's thanking me and my guests for talking about those wonderful artists. And I got to say thank you so much, Kim. She was in the Delta 72, Cupid Car Club, I believe, other bands. Great person, good friend. I really appreciate the input. I appreciate you listening as well. Hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're surviving this COVID winter mentally and physically, physically and mentally. We'll be back with another episode, a full episode, trying to figure out Zoom technology with my mom right now. I want to talk to her. We tried yesterday. Maybe we'll get it done today. You'll be hearing from her very soon. I'm very excited about that conversation. So once again, thank you so much. Be well. Love you all. Signing out, Jason Greer. Thank you.